0: Check out Schwans.com backslash yum for details.
1: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful treasure coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com or you can call the vent line and leave your rants at
2: 772-245-0750.
1: That's 772-245-0750. Well, I want to start today's show by thanking everybody who responded to my call yesterday uh, to send me an email and let me know how and where they listen to this show and at what time. Uh, I I knew uh, that you know we got a lot of listeners on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, but uh, the the podcast listenership has uh, expanded dramatically since the last time I uh, I called for uh, this type of email. I think that was about six months ago. The audience has grown quite a lot by then. Uh, but I want to thank Blitz and Richmond, Joe and Giuseppe and Noel and Kelly and Steve and Sparky and Jonathan and. All the other people that uh, that weighed in on this and uh, let me know where they listen and how they listen. I knew we had listeners spread all across this country, this great land of ours. Uh, I knew we had listeners in Washington State and California and New Mexico and Texas and Illinois and the Montanas and Dakotas and Maine and Florida and uh, all up and down the East Coast. And uh, what I was surprised to learn, though, is we've got we're getting quite a few international listeners. I got uh, I got a few emails from Mexico, from expats down there that I guess they listen to find out what's going on in uh, in the good old USA. Uh, but I got some uh, emails from Europe. I got an email from Okinawa, Japan. Uh, it's a big Navy Marine base over there. I suppose uh, those are service members that are listening in. But thanks to everybody for letting me know uh it's uh, very encouraging to find out that this audience is growing and that uh, so many people are uh, turning to alternative sources of media to find out what's going on well the big debate now is uh, several southern governors have announced their plans to reopen their economies and get this uh this country back to work um georgia south carolina tennessee florida texas they're all uh, chomping at the bit, raring to go. They've seen these reports that uh, that show that uh, the mortality rate of this virus is far lower than the models predicted. And they can't make a case to keep people locked up in their homes while their businesses go under and their jobs disappear. And uh, Brian Kemp has become the new whipping boy. Governor of Georgia has become the new whipping boy for the left wing media. Um, he, he sort of brought it on himself by, uh, listing several businesses that he was authorizing, uh, that included so-called body art parlors. Of course, that's a tattoo bar- parlor. I'm not sure that uh, tattoo parlors are safe, even <laughs> not in times of a pandemic, but I'm, I'm definitely not sure it's the type of business that needs to, uh, to be authorized while there's a virus going around. Although I would make the argument that, uh, you know, it it, it it is beyond a governor's power to uh, to absent a statute to close those businesses. But, of course, these southern governors, led by Ron DeSantis, it includes uh, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Missouri. Missouri considers them a southern state, so I guess we'll make them an honorable southern state. Uh, they're experiencing warm weather spring is in full swing and uh, we know that this virus does not survive well in warm humid weather and so you know that's a big part of the story that the media is uh, is enjoying themselves by ignoring but let's face it uh, as soon as these southern states open most of these states are republican this uh, fake news media is going to pounce they are just waiting for these southern states to reopen because every death That occurs after that, even if these uh, these uh, virus deaths continue on a downward trajectory, will be blamed on these southern governors, Republicans, and they will. They'll have all these lengthy stories about how these governors have blood on their hands. They're they're literally killing people in the southern states by allowing them to go back to work. Ron DeSantis is uh, is stepping up to uh, coordinate this effort. And uh, and I think he's done a good job down here in South car uh, in South Carolina in Florida. Um, some of the counties have overreacted. I think shutting down the boat wraps was uh, completely idiotic. But if you go out uh, down here in Florida, where I'm located, you'll see that quite a bit of business has continued throughout this. Construction has continued. Um, uh, you know the uh, grocery stores and anybody related to groceries. Have, uh, have continued. There was only one instance that I saw where one of these uh, overzealous uh, county commissioners uh, tried to close down a church service, and uh, at least where I'm located, you know, I can't speak for the whole state. It's uh, It's been a fairly uh, measured response. But the media is, is busy right now writing their stories uh, that will be published right after any of these red states lift their lockdowns. They're going to blame these governors for spreading death and and misery. And every coronavirus, whether it was the cause of death or not, will be laid at the feet of these governors. And Brian Kemp really stepped out and took the lead on this. And he is the one that they are going to focus on. You can bet right now the New York Times and the Washington Post—they—they they have their stories written and they're just ready to fill in the blanks on who died and exactly how Brian Kemp is responsible for the, their deaths. Up in uh, the Northeast, who have uh, have not got you know fully in the uh, spring weather season yet, you got uh, this Boston mayor already second guessing his southern counterparts, uh, Boston governor, I should say. I'm going to say it right. The mayor of Boston is already second guessing the southern governors.
3: Uh, Boston not even thinking about, as you said, reopening just yet. You're not there yet, but there are other states that are: Georgia, South Carolina. As you look at those decisions being made, what do you think of them?
2: I was watching. I was watching CNN last night, and it's pretty. It's pretty. You know, could be pretty scary. I'm watching a lot of the mayors push back. Uh, a lot of the mayors that are my colleagues pushing back on some of the decisions being made, opening beaches, uh, opening, uh, you know, different different, uh, movie theaters, things like that, that can be a very dangerous situation in those cities and towns and states, uh, particularly if if they don't have the testing, which we don't, if they don't have the tracing, which we don't, if they don't have all of that, all of the process set up. uh, And what could happen is we'll see another surge in cases.
1: You know, what's being ignored, all this is the science. We're continually told we... We have to uh, refer to the science. We have to be led by science. Well, the science shows that these states uh, that never shut down their economies—Iowa, uh, is a as a populous state, uh, especially you know around Des Moines—but uh, uh, other other states, Idaho, it's got a, you know a fairly sizable city, and the Dakotas. Uh, you know, I know that they're less uh, densely populated than uh, than New York City, for example, but. They never closed down their economies, and their their mortality rates are uh, right in line, or even lower, than a lot of these states that uh, that did and destroyed, you know, businesses and jobs. Uh, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem uh, had become a a recent target of the lockdown Gestapo uh, because they had an outbreak at a Smithfield meat processing plant it was about 400 workers in there that came down with it i I hasten to add that uh, smithfield is owned by uh, a chinese billionaire who uh, who is a a slave to the the uh, communist dictatorship in china but other than that you know uh, they've had very very few deaths in south dakota as uh, measured by per capita i'm not talking about raw deaths but uh, they've had a lower per capita mortality rate than many many uh, states that did shut down and you got to ask yourself you know why are we attacking these people that uh, the the new data is validating what they did and we're not asking why these big states are still locked down California for instance a state of 40 million people much larger than than uh many countries in europe that uh that have had bad outcomes california with 40 million people has only had 1250 deaths attributed to coronavirus we don't know how many of those deaths that were attributed to coronavirus uh were mislabeled because they just presumed that uh, coronavirus killed them we do know uh from studies that um uh, the virus started in California earlier than anybody knew and that it is far, far more widespread, but we're in the media. We're ignoring all of the, the data uh, that is coming to light that didn't fit the original narrative. And uh, Andrew Como over in uh, New York, of course is, uh, is starting to answer these questions about, you know, Uh, Based on this new information, uh, we've we've got people protesting, and what would you tell them?
2: I don't know if you can
3: hear, but there are protesters outside right now honking their horns and raising signs. We did speak to a few of them before we came in, and these are regular people who are not getting a paycheck. Some of them are not getting their unemployment check. And they're saying that they don't have time to wait for all of this testing and they need to get back to work in order to feed their families. Their savings is running out. They don't have another week. They're not getting answers. So their point is, the cure can't be worse than the illness itself. What is your response to them?
2: The illness is death. What is worse than death?
0: Well, what if somebody commits suicide because they can't pay their bills? Yeah, but the
2: illnesses may be my death as opposed to your death. You said they said the cure is worse than the illness. The illness is death. How can the cure be worse than the illness if the illness is potential death?
1: Because if the the cure... Causes more deaths than the cure. I mean, then the yeah. If, if the if opening up the economy uh, prevents more deaths than it causes, then that would be the cure being worse than the disease.
2: What if the what if the economy failing worse than death is equal to death Very, because no, of mental it illness, it the people no, the people stuck at home. No, it doesn't. It doesn't equal death. Economic hardship. Yes. Very bad. Not death.
1: Yes. Death.
2: Emotional stress from being locked in a house. Very bad. Not death.
1: Yes. Death. Uh,
2: um, Domestic violence on the increase. Very bad. Not death.
1: Yes. Quite often death.
2: And not death of someone else. See, that's what we have to factor into this equation yeah, it's your life. Do whatever you want. But you're now responsible for my life.
1: Well, you're responsible for the lives and the uh, the devastation that these lockdowns have precipitated on on people. and I know New York City is a special case so i'm I'm not sure exactly how that happened. I, I guess they have a lot of international travel and they're living on top of each other and their mayor was telling people to. Uh, attend parades at the uh, at the height of the uh, the contagion. But yeah, when you locked down people you caused death. you didn't cause your death you caused their death. And Senator Kennedy from Louisiana pointed out that uh, it's not just the virus that kills people poverty kills people too.
3: I think we ought to follow the Trump fauci Burke's guidelines. They make sense to me. You obviously don't open in a hot spot. You continue to socially distance. You encourage your elderly and those with pre-existing conditions to stay in. You use technology to predict hot spots. Uh, You wear masks. Every industry is not going to be the same. This much I do know. The most important things in life aren't things, Bill. Life's important. But you can die from poverty, too. And I don't know how long this economy can stay shut down Without collapsing, but I don't want to find out.
1: Well, absolutely. This economy will collapse. If this continues, we've got to find a way to get back to work. We've got to update our plan based on uh, the new information. We can't just continue down this road because not only is the economy uh, getting slaughtered, but the uh, federal government is printing money as hard as they can print it and going deeper and deeper in debt that is going to have to be dealt with at some point. Here's Rand Paul on the floor of the Senate pointing out that, uh, you know, we can't just print our way out of this catastrophe. One
3: choice that will get our economy growing again, reopening American commerce. So today I rise in opposition to spending $500 billion more The virus bailouts have already cost over $2 trillion. Our annual deficit this year will approach $4 trillion. We can't continue on this course. No amount of bailout dollars will stimulate an economy that is being strangled by quarantine. It is not a lack of money that plagues us, but a lack of commerce. This economic calamity only resolves when we begin to reopen the economy opening the economy will require americans to rise above partisanship to understand that deaths from infectious disease will continue but that we cannot indefinitely quarantine make no mistake about it
1: and deaths from infectious disease are always with us especially during flu season and we now know based on the latest numbers that uh that the mainstream media wants you to ignore that the mortality rate from this virus is very similar to the seasonal flu, even with these uh, these uh, numbers, these numerators being inflated because they're they're adding presumptive deaths to the coronavirus tally. I want to remind you to go over to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com and get your four-week supply emergency food supply. And if you do it today, you're going to save one hundred dollars. It's normally two hundred and ninety-seven dollars, but you can get it today at $197 and get free same-day shipping. It's uh, 284 servings. that provides 2,000 calories per day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. And it has a 25-year shelf life. So you can spend $197 today, put it in your closet, and you'll be prepared the next time we, uh, we suffer one of these episodes of mass hysteria where the government locks you in your house. That's preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Do it today. So <laughs> I found this clip. It's a pretty good response to Andrew Como. He's uh, Cuomo saying that, uh, well, if you don't like sitting at home, go out and get yourself a job as an essential worker. Well, if I can go out and get myself a job as an essential worker, why can't I go back to my old job? You know this this whole notion of essential workers is pretty maddening. If if you're the breadwinner and you're responsible for putting food on the table and feeding your family and keeping the lights on, then you're an essential worker. And it's just a giant slap in the face to tell people that their jobs are not essential. You know, some people live to work; most of us work to live, and we've got uh, we've got bills to pay and uh, and people to be responsible for and uh, Co- como telling people oh you need you just need to get a job as an essential worker is insulting and i found this clip of a, a fellow new yorker uh, telling como just exactly what he thinks
3: now dear government We understand that the virus is not your fault. It happened. It is what it is. I'm not going to get into that idea that maybe you could have acted sooner. We can deal with that when this is all over. But here's the deal. We need a real f***ing plan. It was the right move to make everyone stay home because that's the only way to deal with a virus like this. But here's where I have a problem. So... You told us to shut down non-essential businesses. You told us to go home and quarantine. You told us we have to keep social distance and stay inside. But you told us you would help. So where is the f***ing help? These checks are what they are. I mean, let's be serious. I'm not going to turn away 1200 bucks because, number one, if you're going to give it to me, I'm taking it. And number two, it's our f***ing money, not yours. It's ours. We paid that in taxes for everything we do, every f***ing Day. So, okay, look at the typical family. Mortgage payment, health care payment, car payments, electric, water, garbage, phone, blah, 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 blah. So maybe, maybe the $1,200 covers the mortgage. But what about all the other costs that we have each month? This $1,200 thing isn't doing for the normal working family. You want to help? Here's one idea. Tell the banks and mortgage companies to stop all mortgage payments at this time. Just stop them, and don't give me that three-month furlough, how does that even make sense? So someone who lost their job because you said to stay at home doesn't pay mortgage for three months, but in the fourth month they had to not only pay that month that's due, but also the three months they owed in full because it was furloughed? How the f*** does that help? You greedy suckers. Someone was just unemployed and not earning money for three months. They weren't earning money. Hello? Now they just start back to work and all that money magically appears so they can pay the three months in a lump sum. How are they f paying that? Are you f- Idiots, look, it almost makes sense that they can stop paying the current mortgage due for the month when they go back to work. But they can't pay the prior three months. They had no income. So here's the idea. Just add the three f- months of the furlough to the back end of the loan. So if they have, let's say, 19 years and six months left in their mortgage, just add the three months. Tonight they have 19 years and nine months. How f- hard is that? You'll get your money, you f- It's just delayed. The working (laughs) stiff wins. If you do that, it really helps. It actually helps. And what is up with these banks and lending calls? I mean, come on, you little. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the kind of rants I want to get on the, on my vent line. Oh my God. They need to put that right in front of Andrew Como and let people, uh, let the people in government know exactly how frustrated people are out here all of this you know trying to uh, treat us like we're wards of the government that is not going to work people want to work we know now that the virus is not as deadly as it was we know how to stay safe wash our hands if we have to wear a face mask to go back to work i think people would be willing to do that hell you know uh, get gloves people know to stay away from each other i go out People are, are are keeping their distance. They're washing their hands. They're wa- wearing masks. And there's no, there's no data so far to confirm that you're safer staying at home than you are getting outside at these parks and beaches that they're just determined to shut down. For her part, AOC, the leader of the squad, the little Marxist from the Bronx, New York, she's telling people, you shouldn't even go back to work when they do reopen this economy.
0: A lot that we could be doing right now. But ultimately. The I think when we talk about this idea of reopening society. You know, only in America does the president when the president tweets about liberation, does he mean go back to work? When we have, you know, have this discussion about going going back or reopening, I think a lot of people should just say no. We're not going back to that. We're not going back to working 70-hour weeks just so that we could put food on the table and not even feel any sort of semblance of security in our lives.
1: So we're not going back to work just to put food on our tables. Why should Why should being liberated, being allowed to work and make a living, says the little Marxist from Westchester County? I mean, this is really this is the opportunity they've been waiting for to convert normal, productive people to couch potatoes that are getting their government check. And you got AOC right there telling you, you know, when they tell you to go back to work, you should just refuse to do so. After all, you can get paid more from collecting unemployment right now than you were making on the job. That was one of the justifications that, uh, that the president's staff gave for him, to back off his his uh, plan to shut down the guest worker programs, because they're going to need these guest workers. Because right now, this stupid government program is going to pay people more to stay home than to go to work. The president needs to stop all these daily coronavirus brief- briefings and and change it up There'll be briefings on reopening this economy. Americans need hope. They need a light at the end of this tunnel, and the White House needs to be a big part of that. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the latest developments on hydroxychloroquine and Joe Biden's search for a vice president right after these messages on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Stick with us.
0: Whether you're moving in together for the first time,
1: this can be your closet and you're back on right now with jim dawes your daily journal of news politics and culture from an america first perspective Well, in that first half hour, we talked about these southern governors leading the, uh, the charge on reopening this economy and the desperate need to do that, especially in light of all of the new information that uh, the mortality rate from this is, is far less than uh, we were originally led to believe by these vaunted um, models. These same models that they're using to tell us that, uh, you know, the the world is coming to an end uh, from climate change. Turns out these models were wildly overrated and uh, wildly inaccurate as well. And uh, the problem is you've got politicians and people in the media that are deeply entrenched in this current narrative now. They're not going to get off of it. They're not going to admit that what they did was prompt uh, a mass hysteria. We had all the information early on that we needed to, to limit the spread of this virus by, um, by identifying vulnerable populations, elderly and immunocompromised people and, and, uh, and isolating them, letting everybody else go ahead, get the infection, develop the immunities. It would have taken a few weeks and then we could have, uh, we could have moved on with business. Yes, it would uh, continue to spread, but at a, a, a far lower, lower level. And uh, and they're they're just waiting. They can't wait until one of these uh, southern governors tries to save his uh, state's economy and the jobs and businesses associated with that, so they can second guess them while they continue to turn a blind eye to the uh, t- to the latest data that uh, is being developed. No places that uh, more starkly illustrated than in the, uh, the the coverage of the coronavirus. But before I move on to that topic, I just want to finish up about these southern governors. The governor of Mississippi and the governor of Missouri have both gone ahead and filed a lawsuit uh, against China uh, for their negligence in allowing this virus to spread. At the same time that they were shutting down internal travel from uh, Wuhan to the rest of China, they were still allowing hundreds of thousands of people literally hundreds of thousands of people to leave Wuhan and the surrounding areas and and uh, fly to all four corners of the world and most especially to uh, northern Italy where a large number of these people from Wuhan uh work in textile factories and uh, we know you know that uh, Italy was one of the first um first nations that were Devastated by this. Excuse me. But, um, you know, there's this thing called uh, the, the principle of sovereign immunity that you're not allowed to sue nations. So these governors in Mississippi and Missouri, and I have no doubt that uh, several other states are going to be joining in uh, quite uh, shortly. They're not they're not suing the nation of China. They're suing the Chinese Communist Party. And the question there is going to be whether the Chinese Communist Party is, in fact, you know, the state of China. If uh, if the Democrat National Committee or uh, the Labour Party in the UK or um, La Pen in France, if they committed a, 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 an act that cost trillions of uh, dollars in world damage and hundreds of thousands, maybe before it's over, millions of lives, they would be subject to be sued. And the Chinese Communist Party that is the single-party dictatorship in China, that's exactly what they did. And so um, we're about to find out whether or not they can be held accountable for this. Who would love, 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 love to sue the communist dictatorship in China into oblivion. It's really uh, you know the kind of things that world wars are made over I, I'm not advocating at all that we get into a shooting war with China I don't think that's necessary we, we definitely need to decouple our economy from China their their uh, dictatorship is incompatible with a free Western society but it's going to be very interesting to see how these uh, these lawsuits against the uh, the Coms develop so, uh, yesterday there was uh, a, a, a um, finally what the fake news media has been waiting on a study that uh, that tended to show that hydroxychloroquine and the zithromycin packs were not effective. Of course, you know the president had expressed optimism early on that hydroxychloroquine and the Z packs would be uh, a treatment uh, that uh, could be used, and of course, as soon as he said that the media decided that they were anti-hydroxychloroquine and uh, started accusing the president of spreading false hopes. The problem was that uh, study after study from France, um, from uh, India, from right here in the United States, in New York and in California, showed that the hydroxychloroquine, especially when administered early, was an effective treatment and we had uh testimonial after testimonial of people that were deathly ill about ready to be put on a ventilator which where you very rarely come off of 80 percent of people that are put on a ventilator never uh never recover uh but you know the fake news media especially cnn and msnbc if the president said the sky were blue they would uh, they would put together panels to uh to talk about how the sky's more of a aquamarine, but yesterday, um, after this, uh, this uh, random study from the VA came out that showed that uh, more patients that were put on hydroxychloroquine late in their, um, their treatment, I think after they had already been put on ventilators, more of them died than recovered. Here's this reporter at yesterday's presser.
2: If, uh, I'm wondering if, if you're concerned, this, this VA study uh, showed that actually more people died that used uh, the drug that, that didn't. And I'm wondering if, uh, if Governor Cuomo brought you back any results. No, uh, we didn't discuss it, and I don't know of the uh, report. Obviously, there have been some very good reports, and uh, perhaps this one's not a good report, but we'll be looking at it. We'll have a comment on a, it. A, a panel of experts at the NIH is actually now recommending against the use of hydroxychloroquine in combination with z which is something you would recommend. I'm always willing to take a look.
1: So the president says he hasn't uh, he hasn't looked at that study, but he's uh, certainly willing to uh, read it and consider it. Well, that's just not good enough. Over at CNN, with Don Lemon, says he
2: doesn't know anything about that report showing that patients who took the drug had higher death rates than those who didn't. The drug he promoted over
1: and over and over. Now the president just says that. He's going to take a look. That's not good enough. Well, that's not good enough, Mr. President. You have to admit you were wrong and admit we were right, and and just discard any possibility that all of these other studies that have proved that hydroxychloroquine and Z were effective, and and pay attention to this one study that supports us. He's got a responsibility to take this seriously. He promoted a totally unproven.
2: Drug again and again, telling Americans
1: desperate to do something, anything to save their lives. What have you got to lose? He said, what have you got to lose? You know who else promoted the use of that drug? Doctors across this country that said that they had administered it and it had positive effects, including uh, Dr. Siegel on Fox News, whose father was uh, was on death's door. And took the, the hydroxychloroquine in the CPACs and was able to recover. But this was just too juicy for CNN to ignore this one study out of dozens now that uh, that cast doubt on the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine. What do you have to lose? Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is Jake Tapper on CNN.
3: What do you have to lose? Take it. I really think they should take it, but hydroxychloroquine, try it. What do you have to lose, President Trump asked. Well, today, a new Veterans Health Administration study found no medical benefit to hydroxychloroquine when it comes to coronavirus patients, and that it could actually be harming patients who take it. Joining me now is CNN Chief Medical Correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta.
1: Sanjay, you know, this is crappy news. We all want something to work. Take us through this study. Are you sure you want something to work? Because it sure didn't look like you wanted anything to work. Before you had this study from the VA, while doctors and researchers and studies all across this country were saying the hydroxychloroquine was effective, you were continuing to demand that it could be of no use. Now he's saying that this is, this is bad news. We we really wanted hydroxychloroquine to work. We all want something to work. Take us through this study. Right. Uh, this is a, this is a study of some 368 patients. Still a small study, Jake. We're gonna get
3: larger data studies, so we have to take all of these studies with a little bit of a grain of salt. This one was not peer-reviewed. It was not randomized, one group versus the other, random fashion. But- Nevertheless, exactly what you said, Jake, the patients who in this study got hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, that's the z pack the antibiotic, uh, this study, they did worse. They had a close to a 22% death rate as compared to the patients who didn't get those medications, who had about an 11.4% death rate.
1: Again, uh, this was hydroxychloroquine uh, administered late in the course of this infection. And, uh, and what was really telling about CNN and MSNBC is they ignored the VA director when he put this study in context. That That's an observational study. It's not a clinical study. It
3: was done on a small number of veterans. Um, sadly, those of whom
2: were in the last stages of life um, and the drug was given to them. And I have to I have to. Also say that the drug we know the drug has been working on middle age and younger veterans, and the governor was just in the Oval Office yesterday asking for more of the
1: drug to be delivered to the city of New York, working in in stopping the progression of the disease. Well, I think the biggest study that's gone on is uh, is in New York State, uh, where the uh, president and the coronavirus task force, at the request. Of Governor Como delivered hundreds of thousands of uh, doses of this hydroxychloroquine. And when Como had his meeting in the White House, uh, I think it was yesterday, yeah, yesterday, maybe the day before, he was encouraged enough to ask for even more of this hydroxychloroquine. But, you know, that doesn't fit in with CNN's narrative. And so they're going to continue to make people uh, believe that hydroxychloroquine has been disproven. CNN has blood on their hands. That's what's going on here. CNN has blood on their hands. You know, the president never you said have to go through uh, people get the, app- come on, Jim, the president never said that this was going, this was definitely effective. He said, uh, we need to be optimistic and we need to see if it works. If you're, uh, if you're facing this disease, what have you got to lose? The, the drug has been around for, uh, well, since, uh, the 1940s 60 years it's administered for other things yes there are some possible side effects every drug has possible side effects have these people over at cnn never watched a drug commercial where at the end they tell you uh, this this drug may cause your hair to fall out you might become impotent it might kill you you might break out in hives all of these possible side effects that's why drugs are on prescription is so that the doctor can look at your profile and tell whether or not you've got any contraindications for a particular prescription. But here's a sort of a montage that the Washington Post put together um, of Donald Trump being hopeful about hydroxychloroquine.
2: Go through uh, your medical people, get the approval. Uh, but uh, I've seen things that I sort of like. So what do I know? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but I have common sense.
0: There is things that look really good in cell culture against the virus that may look good in small animals and then don't have an impact in humans. I would follow
3: the advice of my uh, physician, um, and uh, and I would recommend that approach to every okay. single American.
0: Uh, Physicians, based upon their interaction with the patients, their assessment of the risks and benefits, can write a prescription for hydroxychloroquine if they think it's appropriate for the patient. There's uh,
2: now uh, numerous scientific studies that indicate potential efficacy, including, John, and this is important, a study that was just published uh, in the last few days from Wuhan. There are uh, downsides to this. There can be in, in some cases uh, negative effects deadly
1: yes that's true is ha- deadly deadly he says yeah that's you can say that about any drug if you have uh you know allergic reaction to a particular drug th- then you will not be prescribed that drug the media is on a anti-hydroxychloroquine jihad in this uh va uh study the small randomized study that is no more valid than these uh Dozens of other studies that have shown hydroxychloroquine to be effective. But uh, they're jumping all over it. Hey, I want to remind you to go over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's sort of an odd um, URL, AmericaFirstRadio.shop. Get your banana bag oral solutions to prevent and cure dehydration and, uh, and strengthen your immune systems. And also get uh, some t-shirts that I've got on there that are perfect for this, uh, this pandemic. Failing to prepare, uh, to prepare is preparing to fail. And a country boy can survive. Go over to americafirstradio.shop and get yours today. You'll get free same-day shipping. And uh, we'll get through this together. So yesterday's show was entitled "Tyranny Comes to America," and this uh, this impulse to despotism that we see in many of these uh, Democrat governors and mayors uh, it just continues. If you go to uh, any social media site, you can see these videos of uh, police officers at the at the direction of these local elected officials violating people's constitutional rights in the name of uh, pandemic telling them they can't leave their houses, they can't be outside, they can't uh, have a game of catch with their children. At the same time, all of this is going on, of course, we see, just like in uh, Marxist societies, that the people who make these rules exempt themselves from these rules. And uh, nowhere is there a um, a big bigger example of this than in Virginia, where governor clan robe, blackface, Ralph Northam is during the, the, uh, this virus where he's got everybody in his house locked into their homes. He's flying back and forth to his vacation home in North Carolina, taking a break. I guess he considers himself so essential. He is a leader that he, he needs his, uh, his downtime And so it's justified for him to fly back and forth from Virginia to another state where he could be infecting people to visit his vacation home in North Carolina. This is at the same time he's calling the protesters outside of the state capitol building in Richmond selfish for endangering health care workers. Just like in the Soviet Union and uh, communist China and in Venezuela and in Chico- and, uh, and Cuba. They don't uh, they don't apply these same draconian orders to themselves. Of course, uh, you know, while the uh, people in the Soviet Union were starving and the grocery shelves were bare, they're riding around in limos and uh, visiting their DACA's. It happens again and again. You're seeing a case study of the implementation of of this despotism that marxism always leads to in chicago the mayor lori lightfoot has been documented uh, visiting her her hairstylist and getting haircuts while her city is locked down and she's got all of the other hair salons shut down she says it's because she needs to look good because she represents chicago de Blasio, the the avowed Marxist, you don't have to guess with him. He is, uh, you know, he's on the record being a a, uh, a socialist. He continues to go to the gym every day, take his uh, limo at taxpayer's expense to his private gym in Brooklyn, supposedly, you know, spreading virus the whole time. You see, in these Marxist societies where you've got leaders that are able to shut down all your God-given rights and freedoms, those rules that they make, they apply to you. It doesn't apply to them. They're too important. Don't you understand? And, you know, I, I don't know if this whole thing is a a deep conspiracy to destroy the free enterprise uh, system in America and people's inalienable rights endowed by their creators. But I know one thing, if you watch these videos of these uh, these out-of-control police officers who have taken an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, violating that oath because these uh, these elected officials have gotten so drunk on their own power it's having that effect it may not be a conspiracy to destroy america it may be just a pandemic that was released upon us by you know communist china but it's having the effect of destroying the freedoms in this country and it's a, it's a stark example when you see these these uh, police agencies and these police officers just just stomping all over people's constitutional rights. We do know that uh, there's a lot of people in the Democrat Party, I would, I would guess more than half at this point, who want to destroy America as it has been established. They want the government to be in charge. They want the people to be enslaved to the government. They want the government to be responsible for their, uh, their livelihoods. They want the government to give, guarantee everybody a government job. That's not my opinion. That is one of Bernie Sanders' uh, policy positions during the election. He said everybody that needs a job and can't find one should have a guaranteed government job with a guaranteed $15 an hour and, and all of the benefits. So just in case you haven't figured it out to a lot of a lot of these people, these uh, these crypto communists, especially headquartered out of Chicago, where where our last president came from. They uh, they they like this, how this scenario is shaping up. And that's why you've got AOC out there on the air saying we should refuse to go back to work if and when this economy is opened up. And you've got police departments across this country now that are deploying Chinese donated drones to monitor their people, their citizens. Now, why would China be donating drones to American police agencies in order to monitor their citizens during a crisis that they themselves created? There's going to be a a lot of questions asked after all of this. So Joe Biden, Joe Biden locked down in his basement, uttering gibberish whenever he's put on TV. He has, uh, he's now decided, you know, he promised that he was going to pick a woman for vice president. And now the pressure's on him to pick a so-called woman of color. Uh, And uh, Joe Joe has decided he's going to punt that ball. He has established a, 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 a search committee to find his vice president. Well, you know, it seems like that's sort of a an executive decision to make. Shouldn't Joe Biden take the lead and uh, and look at the landscape and decide who his vice president would be for her part, the shadow governor of Georgia, who has never admitted that she lost uh, she's on The View saying, pick me, pick me.
2: Yes. So here's a
3: happy thought for you, Stacey. A lot of people are looking to you as a possible vice presidential pick for Joe Biden. Now, I love it. You said you would be an excellent running mate. It's refreshing to hear such confidence. I love it. I would be so great refreshing. at the job, and I want it, you said. So tell us why you
0: would be an excellent running running mate, even though it's pretty Freshly. obvious to me. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, and yes, I, I try to be straightforward because while we hope the work speaks for itself, sometimes the work needs a hype man.
1: And- uh, <laughs> we hope the work speaks for itself. I almost won the governorship of Georgia. I was the leader for the Democrats in the state house when we got absolutely nothing done, and we're basically just the, you know, determined opposition to uh, to anything productive being done in Georgia. But Stacey goes on to point out that uh, Joe should pick me because I'm a twofer.
2: You know, Stacey, this is something that that is concerning to me because Biden has committed to a woman as vice president, but has stopped short of committing to a woman of color. How important is it, do you think, for Biden to make that commitment? And do you think that not choosing a, a woman of color, a black woman actually, is a slap in the face to the black female voters who.
1: Do you think that Joe Biden not picking somebody based on their gender and skin color is a slap in the face? Shouldn't uh, the presidency be subject to affirmative action just like uh, jobs and university slots?
2: Who are credited with really reviving his candidacy.
0: I look I think Vice President Biden is going to make a smart choice and I appreciate the fact that he has lifted up women as being a necessary partner in this. I would share your concern about not picking a woman of color because women of color, particularly black women, are the strongest part of the Democratic Party, the most loyal. But that loyalty isn't simply how we vote. It's how we work. And if we want to signal that that work will continue, that we're going to reach not just to certain segments of our community, but to the entire country, then we need a ticket that reflects the diversity of America.
1: You know, this whole diversity argument that the Democrats always make is uh, is pretty interesting on the uh, the local level where you've got these cities that are majority black. They tell you, well, the, the mayor needs to be uh, black because he needs to represent the majority of this city and the police chief and the fire chief and. And all of the heads of the departments need to be black, too, because this is a black city. But if you've got the the other side of the coin, well, you know, Joe Biden needs to pick a a woman of color because because he needs some diversity on his ticket. Uh, Anything that lacks diversity is bad. We don't need to look for who would be the best vice president, which is going to be critically important in the case of Joe Biden, because he's going to be president of the united states on the off chance that he gets elected for about 10 minutes and then he'll turn it over to uh, the obama crowd and whoever uh, they put in as his vice president yesterday was earth day and i didn't cover it on this show i didn't cover it on purpose because it's really irrelevant right now but it was interesting and entertaining to see the democrats uh you know rallying around earth day joe biden did one of these um these broadcasts from his basement, he was on with, uh, with Al Gore. They're trying to make the, they're trying to link coronavirus with climate change. Uh, but this is, uh, just a bite out of what he said on that, uh, that interview
2: we have to ensure that hospitals are ready. If there's a flare up again and making sure not only they have what they needed for now, but what happens if it flares up again? Are there there enough, are there enough PPPs? Are are, are there
1: enough material? Uh, Are there enough PPPs? I thought PPPs was a paycheck protection program. (laughs) Oh man, there's so much to get to. I'm not going to have time though. On tomorrow's show, we're going to catch up on this, uh, this bogus report that uh, Richard Burr issued supporting the Russia Gate hoax, right in time for these indictments that we're told are uh, imminent of these deep state swamp creatures. And we're going to catch up on what's going on with the Iranian harassment of the United States Navy there in the Persian Gulf. But that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you'll join us again right here tomorrow on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then.
0: Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow,